Welcome to the Calvary Chapel South Bay Sermon Podcast. We are a large, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Los Angeles, California, and we'd love to have you visit us for a service if you're in the L.A. area. Visit ccsouthbay.org to learn more about us and to find out service times. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at hello at ccsouthbay.org. Enjoy today's sermon, and we hope to see you at church soon. Hey guys, just uh, letting you guys know, uh, Pastor Chet had a wedding and then he decided he wasn't going to be able to make it back from the wedding, so he asked if we could do a little talk on relationships. And so we are going to uh, do a little bit of talking on relationships. And again, as we've been looking at our couple in the Song of Solomon and them and where they're at, kind of they were in the dating phase and then we're moving into the marriage relationship. But with every relationship, there are uh, things that go along with that. There's the challenges. Whether we are married, whether we're single, it kind of is the same. Um, what do our relationships look like? How do we navigate them? How do we navigate uh, the difficult times through uh, the relationships that we have? So tonight we're going to kind of do a little bit of talking about what that would look like. Again, um, in, in, in our relationships, unfortunately in the world in which we're living in, we fall into, uh, well, the society we have. It's a consumer-based society, which means what? It means that if you go to a restaurant, and I'm sure you guys have done this before, and you have lousy service and it's bad food, you say, well, I ain't going back to that restaurant because you want to go to a place where you're getting good food and, and it's good service and things like that. But if it's something like you don't like, then you just say, hey, I don't want that. And so it's more of a consumer-based kind of world in which we live in. Unfortunately, we bring that into our relationships where it's like if something happens or something doesn't go right, we're kind of like, uh, no, I, I don't like that. So I'm kind of out of here, that kind of a thing. Rather than when every one of you guys, if you, those, raise your hand if you're married, raise your hand. I think most, yeah, there's a lot of us are, some aren't, but when you stood there before the Lord, you guys, you know, you said your intentions and it's what you said I do to. And in a sense, you were making a covenant, a covenantal relationship that basically kind of had to do with you saying, I- I'm willing to sacrifice. You know what I have found is that oftentimes when it has to do like with children, when you have a child, you have that covenantal relationship. Uh, you take care of them, even if you feel like you don't want to or not, when they want to be fed, when they need to be changed, you know, the, those kind of things, when they're sick and you get thrown up all over, you're just like, okay, no, because I love this child, I'm going to work through that. But unfortunately, oftentimes when it has to do with the spousal or the other relationships we have, we tend to, instead of being working in the covenantal side, we move to the consumer side. But tonight, I was going to kind of talk with these couples here. So we have Ben and Pat Jackson, and uh, we have Tony and Melissa, and we have Noah and Sarah, and uh, Tony and Melissa are actually engaged, so they're not quite married yet. They <laughs> so we're just dying to hear what they have to say. Yeah, with with what all of this looks like. So guys, go ahead, grab your microphones. You guys can turn them all on. And so I'm going to talk and we're going to start with this question, which is, what were some of the expectations you had about marriage and what it should look like? What were some of the expectations you have about marriage and what you felt like it would look like? Melissa, you're about to get married soon, so we're going to start with you. Great. (laughs) Um, Hi. So I think for me, I had a set of expectations, I think, before really having a relationship with the Lord about marriage, and now having a relationship with the Lord and being in a relationship where God is the center, I think my expectations are a little different. (laughs) Uh, So I think before I was very consumer marriage where I was like, oh, it's going to be all about me and how my husband will serve me and make me feel. Um, But now walking with the Lord and getting a lot of wisdom and being in a relationship, I think I'm learning that it's not that. (laughs) 
Um, but rather it's going to require from me a lot of service, a lot of, you know, dying to myself and serving Tony. Um, yeah, so my expectation for it is to make me look more like Christ. Where I, I think I have some superficial expectations, but I can't think of them at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the most part, I think now my mindset about marriage is a lot different than it used to be. Um, and I can only thank the Lord for that. But I think I'm on a better track for a successful and holy marriage than I was before. That's for sure. Amen. Amen. Tony, how about you? Uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't think about this until I got the questions. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, what do I expect? <laughs> but we had talked about it, and, you know, I kind of got a chance to think about it. And I'm kind of on the same track as well. Like, you know, before I came to Christ, I had the worldly type of expectation. Like, um, you're going to get married, and all your problems are going to get solved, right? Or, like, you're just going to be in love all the time and not have to deal with anything, right? No, that definitely was not the case. Um, but, you know, coming to Christ and getting closer to the Lord um, and kind of seeing biblically um, how a marriage should go about, um, I think my expectation would be um, the Lord showing me, like, you know, we're going to be an example to, um, you know, young couples or people who um, will, are maybe possibly, they want to go they want to get to marriage. They want to get to being engaged, and we can kind of be an example to them um, in that. Um, I think also maybe some other things that I'm trying not to forget. We went over this, but <laughs> I'm trying not to forget. But um, I don't know. I don't like to, to put a lot of expectation. I'm kind of the, you know, whatever you want, Lord, I'm there for you and, and what you bring. So I do have an expectation of, um, the Lord is going to use us um, as examples to shine his light, um, to, to show those of how to properly go about relationships, engagements, and um, future marriage in a world that marriage isn't even considered anymore. It's, you know, get together, have kids, get mar- or move in, and not even get married at all. So that would be my expectation. Sir, how about you? Before you got married, what were your expectations? Um, For me, I was really young. So I had this white picket fence reality of what my marriage was going to look like. And um, I didn't realize that a lot of the small issues we had in our relationship were just going to be highlighted in your marriage. And yeah, (laughs) that was hard. Um, But now, after being married almost 11 years... Um, definitely my expectations are not on my husband and it's on the Lord because he can handle my highs and my lows and um, God never fails me. So I know he can. He's not perfect. Um, so that's where I am now. Good. No. Yeah, um, well, Sarah and I grew up at church. So um, I had expectations as being more serve than being a servant. And... Um, uh, just like an example, I, I'm a weird guy, so I would like to keep my closet, all my shirts, white hangers facing left side. <laughs> so, so I will come in and see all my shirts facing right side, and and I will get mad. And um, but I like, why are you getting mad, Noah? She's lefty, so she's going to go the other way, and you're going to go the other way. Uh, but um. Yeah, I always had these expectations of being served instead of being a servant. And uh, throughout the years, I mean, the Lord has been working in our marriage where um, we have changed the word sorry with more thank you. Like, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. It's because we're serving each other. Yeah. Pat, how about you? Well, um, I was just a young Christian, so I was coming out of the world and Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. All I knew is I loved him and I wanted to marry him. And and but of course I had learned that about the love of God and I think the thing that really solidified it for me was he said to me, "I want you to know how much I love you, but I love God first. 
and that was the most important thing to me. So I didn't have any expectations, but that turned out pretty good. (laughs) What she really said (laughs) was, what kind of a line was that? I didn't think of it as a line. I guess my expectations really at the time were to find a woman that I was compatible with. Uh, And I knew the only way that that had happened is to find a godly woman. And at the time, Pat wasn't saved uh, the first time we went out. But after that line... uh, Uh, She started going to church uh, out to Costa Mesa. Uh, We didn't have a Calvary South Bay then. That was 1976. Uh, I won't tell you how old I am. (laughs) Uh, And uh, at the time I was separated and going through a divorce uh, after nine years of marriage. And uh, we, we decided that it was kind of an odd thing. Uh, uh, at the time, I didn't want to get married. I just, I'd just come out of this uh, separation and, and going through a divorce, and I didn't want to get married right away. I couldn't, actually, because uh, it had to go through the courts. But... Uh, at, at any rate, when that was over, uh, Pat had become a Christian. She knew it was wrong to live together. And uh, we decided to get married at that time. So we wrote a letter to Pastor Chuck. Uh, she did, I'm sorry. And uh, asked him if it would be okay that since we were both divorced or separated, uh, if he would marry us. And he wrote a wrote her back a beautiful letter that she still has in her in her marriage book and said he'd be honored to marry us. So we got married in in the prayer room, actually, at Calvary Costa Mesa. Uh, did I am I going on and on? Okay. Uh, anyway, I answered the question. <laughs> Amen. Someone have my lovely wife Mary share. Um, for me, kind of like Pat, I didn't really, to be honest, didn't have any expectations. I think um, I was blessed that my parents, um, I was raised in a really religious home, but I wasn't saved. But my parents were faithful and loyal, so I had a very good example for marriage. But so many of my friends at that time, their parents were divorced or separated or struggling. And I think sometimes you are a little bit of a product of whatever environment you're raised in. And that's where the Lord is so important because you do bring into your relationship what your understanding is of how the relationship should be. And like Pat, I was actually pretty newly saved, so I just saw this very handsome guy, and I just (laughs) fell in love with him, so that was awesome. (laughs) But he also, like Ben, you know, I remember I asked him about a song or something, he goes, oh, I don't listen to secular music, and I had no idea what secular meant, so I'm like, oh, okay. So um, he made it clear that um, Jesus was first in his life. And actually, that was a really attracting quality because other guys that I knew could care less about the Lord. And I, I knew, from my, at least from my religious upbringing, that I wanted God in our life. And that's, for me, how the Lord actually um, drew me to himself and I got saved. Amen. Me, on the other hand, I had a whole list of expectations <laughs> before I got married. I, I don't know what these guys were thinking about, but... <laughs> I had dated a lot of different girls, and I had my whole list of things. And uh, I remember I had friends that said, Pat, there's never a girl that's going to match anything on that list and stuff. I go, I don't care. This is what I'm going for and stuff. And then I remember when I met Mary, um, and the, the actual, we were kind of, I was, I used to live with a group of guys that were in a Christian band, and it was a men's home, and she was going out to UCI and living with a bunch of girls out there. And one of the guys in our house was in love with all the girls in that house. So he wanted to keep having these joint things that we did. 
And uh, we did kind of interacted a little bit, but never really sat and talked. And we met each other a couple of times. But then um, one night we decided, I decided, well, because my friend said, hey, Pat, Mary, that is the girl for you. And I'm like, oh, I better take a second look at this girl, Mary, then. And we went out and we walked on the beach and kind of sat. But when I got in my car to leave the beach, I believed that somebody told her what to say to make me fall in love with her. It was like everything on my little list was just checked off. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, so we had a that was very good. But my expectations were. Um, I, I did. I had a lot of things that was like, if I get married, this is what I want the relationship to, to look like. As well as with Mary, I was from a home that I never heard my parents fight, uh, never heard them argue. Um, in fact, you know, that, I thought that was kind of the norm until I, until I started spending the night at other people's houses and realizing that hey, there's a lot of yelling and screaming going on in a lot of homes. Uh, but that never happened in my home. So I had a very uh, different, I would say, um, example of marriage, but it was one that I knew for me, I wanted to emulate within my own life and within our relationship and stuff. So that was, uh, that was kind of my little thing. But again, listen, so guys, how um, have those expectations helped uh, or hurt you in your marriage? How have the expectations helped or hurt? So Pat, why don't you start with that? How have they helped or hurt? Well, I think the biggest problem, if we want to call it a problem, was I was very independent. I mean, I was used to taking care of myself. I really didn't need anybody, but I loved him. So I wanted to marry him. And, uh, of course, you have, you know, you have that exciting, passionate love in the beginning. And then, you know, it kind of grows into something else. But, but what I love, in April, next month, we'll be married 48 years. So I... I think it worked, you know, whatever was happening, and the, the Lord, honestly, without the Lord, without the Lord in our life, I would have never made it, honestly, because he's the one that kept me on track, and the life scripture that he gave me that I kept with me all the time is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and you probably know it, so I won't quote it, but that was what held me together during the difficult times. I had the same list that you had. I did. Uh, But without the Lord in your life, uh, there's uh, the expectations always take time. Uh, But I have to say, and and my list uh, was to find a Proverbs 31 woman. Uh, someone that I could share everything with, some someone that I had things in common with, because I'd never met a girl that that were all those things. And God has fulfilled that in our lives, both of our lives. Uh, I just can't tell you how much we're blessed. But uh, yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> Amen. Here, Mary. Okay, so um, what I wrote down and what I was thinking about with this question is the problem with expectations is um, if they're not God's expectations, if it's just things, whether I've brought it in from culture or from my own understanding of what marriage should look like, those expectations turn into disappointments and disillusionments and then frustration and resentment. And that's can be the problem with expectations that we put on one another. And I, I think um, what I have learned for me is my expectations need to be first and foremost from the Lord. And then, not that I don't have any expectations for you. I don't mean like that. Okay, you can do nothing you know, wrong kind of a thing. But, um, but if I set the bar so high, then you'll never be able to measure up to that. And then I'll be continuously frustrated with you. But when I look to the Lord to meet my needs and to satisfy, even as we've been learning, then those expectations are met. And then I can look to you for the good things that the Lord is doing in and through your life. And so I just put, like, the old ideas will disappoint me. But when I have godly expectations, then um, Jesus never disappoints. And um, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And we will be blessed. 
Amen. And I know, I know for myself, um, I, at least for me, I always wanted to raise the bar, and I think the Lord is always, you know, God loves us, and he loves us just how we are. But God is always asking for more in a sense, and whether it's more in your own personal life, your own personal walk, your personal commitment, uh, whether it's things with your marriage, whether it's things at work, things with the kids, um, I, I feel like God is always wanting us to grow. In fact, all the way through scripture, it's always that, that we would grow, grow, grow. In fact, Peter ends uh, his, his second book with growing the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's always wanting to grow. And so for us to, um, to have at least some kind of a standard, but again, understand um, that we are sinners in need of a Savior and we're marrying. You know, oftentimes when I talk to couples and they're, they're fighting or there's things going on, I says, what do you expect when you take two people who are sinners and put them under the same roof? It doesn't make for less sin, it makes for more sin. And then they decide to procreate and have these other little sinners run around and stuff. So it just adds more and more sin to the scenario and stuff. But, but in a sense, God is always asking us for that deeper walk, that deeper commitment, and more of what he wants. Um, right now, because I was going to have no one share, Sarah share, but we're going to show the little video, if you weren't here this morning, it kind of, they had come in and kind of shared a little bit about their life, and then I want them to kind of follow up in sharing this. So if guys, can we, are you able to do that for us at this time? Yes, go ahead, great. It, it, it was rocky in the beginning. It's never been that situation where, like, um, cheating is involved, but there's a, there was a lot of disrespecting. And I don't want to blame that on that we were young. It was just bumping heads a lot. It felt exhausting because you didn't know what that day was going to look like. It was like I'd come home from work, and it's like I'd kind of say a prayer in the car. I'm like, okay, Lord, give us peace or bring peace in my home because you walk in, you don't know what the... Who are you gonna Who are you gonna see that day? <laughs> you know, I, I felt like I prayed so much to God. Felt like that that God wasn't listening because my marriage still looked the same. I thought I had it all squared off. I honestly did. I thought that I was like, well, I grew up in church. I have led worship. I have um, gone to Bible college. She must obey what I say. <laughs> and and. And that was all wrong. Even if I spoke up about something, it was like on my next show, I was like, oh, I said something I shouldn't have said, so this is what I'm going to get in return. It was like questioning my own relationship with God because I wasn't on His side. But it's like, I knew that the Word of God talks about how we need to be gentle and how we speak to each other. And it's like, wait, but He's not speaking gently to me. How is that someone that's a man of God, you know? And all we're this like time. we're in this yeah. cycle. It's yeah, like, it was a. It was, oh, I'm it was, sorry, and then you go yeah. back into the cycle, and then the disrespect happened again. Oh, I'm sorry, and then it happened again. I got hooked in pornography. The biggest mistake you could say while watching pornography is when you say it's not physical, it's not real, and it's not cheating, and that's the that's the biggest mistake you can make. But I came forward and told her um, early early on when I started. But a lot of times I say, sorry, I didn't mean it because the next day I would just, I would show up a link in my phone and I would just click on it and watch it. I knew how to clear my history, clear this. If, if my pee was showing up somewhere else, like I knew how to clean it, all that. I was lying to myself, to the Lord, and to my marriage. Within all that darkness, I wanted another child, but I think I idolized so much wanting a kid. That became more of my prayer instead of coming to God, just to God, for God to, to heal me, to transform my life. It was like the kid was going to fix it. Eventually, I found out that I couldn't have kids. And that was more devastating because it just felt like everything was pulled under me and this is your reality. And her diagnosed was like a valley in between us. Like, a big valley between us and like I said we were sleeping together and there was like miles you know separating us and that's when I one of those conversations the, the, the D word the divorce word was very like floating around and then we would use it and just throw it to each other and just use it oh really okay we'll use this and this time I threw it I didn't want to disappoint God in wanting my marriage to end but it was like I'm so broken God like I need you. 
I need you to relieve this because I just can't. I can't do it anymore. I filed for divorce and he, he got served. He moved out. I don't know what the future is going to look like, but God, I need, I, this is my peace now. I'm going to have peace from all of this. And that's where I started hearing that big question. How's your salvation, Noe? How's your salvation? How's your salvation? For me, I needed healing. I was so hurt and so I feel like I let God down already by doing this. So how do I continue to walk in the Lord without having that carry me, you know, or hold me down? I started asking the Lord, Lord, examine my heart. He started to show me that I needed to forgive him. And I didn't, in that moment, I didn't realize that as much as he had hurt me, I didn't realize that I was holding on to that forgiveness, unforgiveness, and that that kind of became like my reason. Well, this is why we're getting divorced. So this is why I need to remember. So I can't forgive him. What are you talking about? I need to forgive my husband. And the Lord showed me that it was destroying me. I was afraid to offer forgiveness because I was afraid to open myself up for reconciliation. I didn't want that. When that time came and the Lord started to work in me to, to do reconcile, then that's when I asked the Lord, but what about my pain? Does my pain not matter? Why does he get a second chance? And God was like, I care about you. I care about that pain, but the unforgiveness is destroying you and you need to let it go. I didn't know how, in what capacity the Lord could work in me to be able to want to be married to him. He would ask me, what do I, what ultimatum do I need to make it, to start working on our marriage? And I'm like, nothing. I said, only God could change my mind. I was at that point like, only God could change my mind. Well, let's go see, let's go see a pastor. Nope, only God could change my mind. I was that sure that this was done. I feel like the Lord wanted us to just like be away from each other so we could just focus on Him. But I've never experienced in my adult life what I experienced those months by myself. I was seeking Him. I started to seek Him because I love Him. Because I love Him. Because He's so good. And just that, I started experiencing a different presence that I've never experienced. That it was, you're seeking me because you love me, not because you want to lead a worship song, or not because um, you're going uh, you're gonna to share the word. You're seeking the Lord just because you love Him. And those moments were the best because now, yes, I still have had a, 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 a prayer request for my marriage. But before every... Before that prayer request, I will come and say, Lord, I worship you. You're awesome. And if, if this doesn't come through, doesn't happen, you're still good. It's all about Him. It's not about the kids we want or the marriage, perfect marriage we want. It's all about Him. And to this day, I feel that the Lord's still working on me. But I go, I go in prayer different now. It's just, Lord, can I just have a moment with you? Just because you're wonderful. Just because of who you are with no intentions of a prayer request, not because I want something, you know. So that's how the Lord started working in my And then we started being more like friends in a way. There was a moment he came on his lunch break, actually, and he called me. He's like, hey, are you home? I was like, yeah, I'm home. And he came, and it was like, I was like cleaning, and he comes, and he washes my feet. And he, he, he just like, pretty much humbles himself and says, you know, I'm not here to ask for anything, but just for forgiveness. And he was like, I don't know if there's any opportunity with you again, but I want to be right with God, and I want to ask you for forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, it wasn't like, this moment we're like hugging and oh my god you did this it was like I'm in shock he leaves and I'm like I go back to God I'm like alright God what does this mean you know and it just sat there like yeah. we didn't do nothing about it in that moment 
And within that time that we were starting to date again, I guess you could say, um, I get pregnant. <laughs> and it was like, um, God, you're doing things backwards. It's supposed to be when you're done, you know, when you're done fixing our marriage. Not, yeah. not while it's going. So that was a little confusing. Um, but God knew why. You know, it's like just another thing that God has done. It's like he has transformed him. Like, I'm in shock. And has transformed my life that it's so easy for me to just lean on him and have him lead us because I know he's connected to God. But before it wasn't. And it's like, man, I feel like our, our love for each other is so much more pure yeah. than it was before. I'm just glad that that I'm able to see you the way God sees you. I'm thankful that the Lord reached my heart when he did because I would have missed out on what he had for us. And guys, having been a part of your life for many years and walking you guys through your journey, um, I've seen the pain, the hurt, but I've also um, got to be a part of the joy as well. So maybe kind of share a little bit about that journey. And, um, you know, you were kind of sharing about how God was speaking to both your hearts and moving you in a, in a direction. So... <laughs> well, um, it made me cry. It keeps making me cry. Um, it's just that, um, like the question you said, uh, with the, that expectation due to my relationship, I came to marriage expected to be served. I grew up at church, um, and we both grew up at church and just because we grew up at church doesn't mean we're immune of of marriage problems we're going to have them and a lot of in me especially in, for myself it was pride um, it was a lot of pride and I must be served and, and wife you must obey your husbands and I wouldn't read the other part where it says but don't be bitter to them and and I I will bring a lot of like I would do the same routine I, I I thought I was doing the same the good thing but I kept we kept messing up and our 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 defeats keep kept piling so piling up and and I felt that uh, you know we ended up disrespecting each other in arguments and we like I said in the video we used the D word and and. And use it once in a while, and throw it at each other. And and uh, one of those times, I didn't think she was going to take it seriously, <laughs> and she did. And um, and in the midst of all that, it's just that sometimes um, we grew up at church, and we we fall into the doing church. It's so easy to do church. And you know you get to know the logistic of the church and how to work for the kingdom, but you forget to have a relationship with the king. And and I wasn't having a relationship with the king. I will blend in in the congregation at church and raise my hands because everybody here is raising their hands and feel a little goosebumps and and go home and and interpret the Bible my way and say no, you must obey me and serve me and. That was my expectations, and that was really brought a brought a lot of um, unhappiness to our marriage. Okay, <laughs> um, for me, um, I think I misinterpreted the word submission, and I felt like, well, I have to be a martyr. You know, I have to stay in this. God wants me to stay in this marriage and deal with it, but I didn't realize that. We were both sinning towards each other, and God did did not agree with that. And there had to be a, a stop to it. Um, but you get so caught up with, like, what everyone's going to think about you instead of just being raw with the Lord. 
and just he can handle it, you know. And um, I think we got so caught up in our hopelessness that we forgot in who God was in our life and the power that he could change me and can change him. And um, I think the biggest thing was that I stopped praying for the Lord to restore my marriage. I got so hopeless that that was my out. And I'm just glad that God reminded me of who he was through his word. Amen. Amen. And actually, being a part of all of that, um, you know, there's certain things you can say, and then there's certain things that you just know that you have to experience. And um, for you guys walking through that, um, at least for me, to be able to watch and see the miraculous change in both of your hearts um, which just, it's, it's amazing. Listen, but again, when it comes to marriage, there are both the, there's the, the horizontal and then there's the vertical. The horizontal is with the spouse and with other people, relationships. Uh, the vertical is our relationship with Jesus Christ. So, um, um, in what way has your vertical relationship with Jesus affected your horizontal relationship? So in what way has your vertical relationship with Jesus affected this? So why don't you guys both share on that? Um, for me, I, um, if I'm not spending time in the Lord, that's going to affect uh, my relationship with my husband and my kids and even at work. Um, so whatever I put into the Lord in the morning, that's what I'm going to put out. And so if if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to convict me by spending time in the Word and in in the Lord then I'm going to be, I'm not going to be gentle to him. I'm not going to be kind and I'm not going to be easy to forgive. I'm just going to be in my flesh. Yeah. Um, as uh, the priest at home, I try to, it's easy to, to, like I said, do church and fake it, but she knows who I am at home. And um, and like I said in the video, the big question was, how's your salvation? And when every time that question will echo in my mind, it will bring my marriage. And I learned that the closest image to your salvation, it's your relationship with your wife. Because we can't say that we love the Lord and we don't love our neighbor and your closest neighbor, you don't get along with them and you bump heads every day. So salvation was my priority. Salvation became my vertical um, relationship, became my number one um, goal, my number one focus because my horizontal relationship was 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 falling apart so i decided to run to where i knew i was going to get restoration i was going to get forgiveness and like i said i will go and give him thanks i knowing the fact that i because in the midst of all that her lawyer is calling me <laughs> her lawyer is calling me you have to sign the paper sir and and i'm crying lord uh, what's going on but at the same time, the Lord was working in me. And my prayer was not, Lord, change her. was, Lord, change me. Amen. Change me. I, I know I'm doing wrong. There's a lot of pride in me. I have too much expectations. I don't have the list of Pastor Pat. But, <laughs> but like, Lord, change me, Father. Because obviously, my way is not working. It's not working. So I started having... A vertical relationship with the Lord, seeking Him, and my prayers were being answered in different ways. In the in spiritually, it was, but you know the phone calls, her lawyer calling me, and and you know there was a court date, and I was like, Lord, and I will run to Pastor Pat on a Sunday, cry on his shoulder, and one day he told me. Um, yeah, I told him, I don't know, somehow we ended up talking about that I still have the house key because I still had the house key because the only thing I was allowed to do at home was walk the dog. So, so I was allowed to walk the dog. So I would come in 
And I say, Lord, I'm sorry because this is beautiful. I miss it. I miss home. I miss my wife. And I will walk the dog, come back, and close the door. And, and I remember Pastor Pat is like, well, that means something. You still have the key of the house. <laughs> and she trusts me. And I'd be like, yes, she does. But the court day is on, in August. So. And, um, but the Lord was working in me. And I was working. I focused on this, on this vertical relationship. And then that's when the Lord started restoring the horizontal. Amen. Melissa, how about you? Um, for me, I think having a relationship with the Lord and my relationship with the Lord now, it I'm naturally a passive person, so I'm just like avoiding conflict and trying to make things comfortable, but I think the, having a relationship with the Lord, the Holy Spirit convicts me like, hey, this is not how my relationship with you is, so it can't be that way with Tony. So um, that's been so different for me, um, and obviously not just in our relationship, but in my relationships with others, that's just changed my life completely, because it's before my relationships were just that people-pleasing, passive, n- no real depth, really, and I think now having a relationship with the Lord, it helps me go deeper in every relationship, and especially with my relationship with Tony, because the Holy Spirit allows me to be gracious and kind towards him, and even convicts me, like, hey, are, is the way you're responding to him, is the way you're acting towards him, is that honoring to the, to me, like, you know, you're king, and I'm like, Ugh. so um, that's been really helpful to me um, in terms of our relationship, but I think just in general, like, I'm my heart's desire, even before Tony, was to have that relationship with the Lord first. So I think because that was my heart and really the foundation when we started a relationship, I think that just has allowed us to grow together uh, because we kind of came together being on that same level ground, um, and the Lord has just allowed us to build it from there. Um, Yeah, for me... Um, for many years, um, I had to learn a lot of lessons. Um, I had the concept of love like it is in the movies, right? Um, and, you know, before I committed my life to the Lord, um, the concept of God was very surface level for me. Um, you know, I knew about God. I grew up in the church. I knew about Jesus. But it wasn't that relationship um, level and you know I was searching, but um, as he started, as as I was seeking him and getting closer to him, um, he, I I complained a lot, like Lord, why am I not married? Why why is this taking forever? And it was because I wasn't in love with Jesus. Um, I didn't know that at the time. Um, Basically, all my relationships before didn't work out because I didn't have that relationship with Jesus. Um, so before all this happened, I was seeking the Lord and, you know, getting closer to him and reading about him and, and reading about his sacrifice for us. Um, I fell in love with Jesus and... Um, I'm trying not to lose my train of thought. I fell in love with Jesus, but he gives us free will. And he wants us to choose him. And I believe love is a choice. And we have to choose every single day to love him. We have to deny our flesh. Even when our flesh wants us to stay away from our, our Bible, wants us to stay away from prayer, we have to deny that and say, no, Lord, I choose you today. And with that vertical relationship... I do this, the same thing with Melissa. And I'm going to get all cheesy. Um, <laughs> when I first told her that I loved her, I said, I'm not only in love with you, but I choose to love you. And yeah, I have to, you know, I choose to love her every day. You know, it's hard. You know, she's got to choose to love me every day too <laughs> because I'm stubborn. And <laughs> But I think... You know, God had to teach me 
tr- what true love was. Um, it's not just like the movies. Um, so, yeah. Amen. Amen. Pat? Well, um, early on, I, I fell in love with Jesus like, oh, my gosh. I thought I was in love with him, but, boy, was I in love with Jesus, too. And, and I, I loved his word. I loved, I loved every. I'm talking about the vertical because if you don't have the vertical... There ain't going to be any horizontal. I mean, if you don't love Jesus, like he said, it, you see me and you love me, or, or you don't see God, how can you love your, your brother? You know, uh, I kind of mix that up, but you know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> what I wanted to say is I learned early on, I was so in love with Jesus and so in love with his word, and I, I began to learn about agape as Pastor Chet would say, agape, but agape, God's love, because you see, God's love handles the vertical, because his love has no strings attached, okay? You love people because God loves them, and it's easy to love people, even what we call the sandpaper people, you know? You may not like them, you, may, uh, you know, you don't have to be their friend, but you have to love them. And the only way you can possibly love them and continue to love your spouse is with agape. No strings attached. I think Pastor Chet calls it a, a strong discussion. When you get into a strong discussion, oh, fellowship, strong fellowship with each other, um, that's when that agape has got to kick in. Because you've got to say no matter what, no matter what, I choose to love him or I choose to love her. Whatever, agape is the key, and the horizontal will come from the agape. Amen. What she said. He <laughs> went <laughs> 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 ditto. So, well, when I was thinking about this question, you know, when we're talking about the vertical and the horizontal, it's a picture of the cross. And I, I love that picture. And But when you think about the cross, if I'm not right with Jesus, the, the crossbar has to be attached to the cross in order for it to be lifted up and to be where it's supposed to be in its right place. Otherwise, it's just on the ground. And sometimes with our relationships, that's the same thing. If I'm not right with the Lord, then there will be issues between us because then when he doesn't lift up to my expectations or when there's disappointments or hurts or things that, that will happen because we are going to disappoint one another then if I'm looking to him only, then that's going to spiral out of control like um, they share with us in their relationship. But when I look to the Lord, yes, there still might be hurts, there might be disappointments with one another, but we know where to go, we know who to go to when those things happen, and then the Lord can heal and help, and we can look to him to get us through those difficult times so that we can be restored one to another. And it reminds me of the verse in Ecclesiastics 4 where it says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. There's strength when it's you and your spouse and Jesus is the middle cord. Amen, amen. And again, guys, when it has to do with that relationship, you know, if Paul there in Ephesians 5, he says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. And oneness is what God's desire is. Listen, whether it's our relationship with him or our relationship with our spouse, um, he desires that oneness. And oneness happens through the cross, through what Jesus Christ did for us. Because he says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, that two should become one flesh. Then he says the very next verse, he said, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So in a sense, just like Noah said, that our relationship with our spouse should look like our relationship with Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, that oftentimes isn't the picture but it should be the picture. But now think about your relationship with Jesus Christ and how that works. We're sinners in need of a savior. God sent forth his son to die upon the cross. And when we would but open our hearts 
and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I I want you. I need you. In fact, I remember the day I got saved. Someone just came up to me on the street and we're sitting there talking and he talked about the love of God and the forgiveness of God and the grace of God. And, and, you know, he ended by saying, Pat, would you like to experience that? And I'm like, yeah, sign me up. And I remember right then and there, he said, now bow your head and pray with me. And we sat and we prayed and I prayed that sinner's prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life, to wash me, to cleanse me of my sin, to write my name in your book of life, to fill me with your Holy Spirit, that, that I might have that life that you want for me. And I remember when I said amen, there was an actual miracle that happened. God above answered my prayer. I was a sinner. Because I was a sinner, I was separated from God. But when I asked Jesus to come in my life and wash me and cleanse me, he washed me, he cleansed me, and that sin got washed away. And then I become one with the Father. I enter into a relationship with him. And in a sense, that is how our relationship here should work as well. Listen, um, I don't do it. We, we're coming up on 40 years. Uh, actually, on Easter is our 40-year anniversary. But for us, I hate the fact that I still do things that cause my wife grief and pain. Not as much as when we first got married, but I still do those things. But what I love is, is that when I do those things that cause grief and pain, we can go to the cross, and there at the cross, we can experience that forgiveness and grace. And when we could become one as God intended. Because that's his desire. That's what he wants with all of us, with our relationships, as we look to him. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, Lord. I do ask and pray for each and every one of us as we have sat, as we, uh, Pastor Chet has been taking us through the Song of Solomon and is going to continue and in getting into that marital part of the relationship. But Lord, within our own relationships, as we sit here tonight, Lord, um, maybe we are doing the thing that Noah was talking about, where we might be playing church, where we come, we punch in, we punch out. But when we leave these doors, Lord, we choose to live our lives in a way that is not honoring, it is not glorifying to you. And God, if maybe if we're in that place tonight, Lord, again, the wonderful thing about you is it's simply just confessing that we're not in that right place because you live to forgive. And that's your desire. And you want us close. And it's just a matter of us crying out to you to come in and to wash and to cleanse. And you will do that. But Lord, maybe tonight it's not so much our issues with you, but it's our issues with our spouse or with relationships with other people. And there's been things that have done that your word would say that they're not right, that that their sin, they've caused separation. Lord, would you allow us to come into your presence even tonight, Lord, to ask for forgiveness, to ask for your grace, that you would wash us, you would cleanse us, and you would allow us to be one and enjoy the oneness you have for us within our hearts within our lives, and within our relationships. So, Lord, we do thank you. We praise you, God. Thank you for this time tonight. Continue to move and work in our hearts and lives, in our relationships with you. And we want to tell you we love you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people agree by saying, Amen. Thanks for listening, and we hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions or just want to check us out, make sure to visit us at ccsouthbay.org. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.